It's all quiet in the underground bunker. Doors closed, locks bolted. But the great one isn't just resting on his laurels. He's making sure your weekend is even better by giving you his best. This is the best of Mark Levin. Now, just when you thought Blockhead in the Oval Office couldn't do anything more stupid, we have this from our friends at the, what is it, the Daily Wire. Biden withholding $200 million in military assistance as Russia prepares for possible full-scale invasion. How come he's not impeached for that? Democratic presidential president Biden holding off on delivering military assistance to Ukraine as Russia prepares for what many experts believe is an invasion. Biden administration prepared a $200 million package of additional military assistance for Ukraine in recent weeks, but held off on delivering it Despite appeals from Kiev and some lawmakers, NBC News reported, the administration's delay of the smaller shipment of weapons and military equipment was designed to give more time for diplomatic efforts to defuse tensions and to retain leverage in the case of a Russian attack on Ukraine. It's too bad we left all that equipment with the uh, Taliban, Mr. Producer. We could have used that in the Ukraine. Unbelievable. This, This guy, Biden... He's got a hate on for the state of Israel. He's going to leave Taiwan in the breach. He's withholding military assistance to Ukraine. And there's some clowns. Well, that's good. What is it any of our business? I don't know. Why was the invasion of Czechoslovakia any of our business? A little over, a little less than 100 years ago. How about the invasion of Poland? Was that none of our business? England? I mean, it's all the way over there. What's the problem? The problem uh, is you reach a point of no return. You reach a point where you have a full-scale war, where you wake up one day and economic lanes are closed, navigable waters are closed, uh, where a country that is imperialistic, as is communist China, uh, these aren't just military operations, they're economic operations, and they want to be the most powerful, so they want to subjugate us. Do we have to wait to that point? And when that happens, you have a full-scale war and you have a disaster on your hands. That's why you, you have allies. That's why you have bases overseas. Why do you think the Chinese are now building a naval base on the west coast of Africa? Did you know this, Mr. Producer? They're building a naval base on the tiny African country, west coast of Africa. A naval base, a full-scale naval base. Because what they do, like the mob, is they loan them money. These little countries can't pay them off. They have as collateral these, these docks, these bases, these areas. And they say, okay, fine. What are you going to do? We're going to build a base. Oh, okay. And that's what they're doing. They control both sides of the Panama Canal contract. Why are they doing that? Why are they doing that, ladies? Anybody have any idea? Hypersonic missiles. Who's that aimed at? Why are they doing that? Killer satellites. What are they doing that for? How many people have satellites up there? How many countries? Why is their Navy bigger than ours? Why are they building these, uh, these fake islands in the South China Sea where half the world's economy transits? Why are they doing that? Why are they threatening Japan and Vietnam and the Philippines and Taiwan and Hong Kong? And they just want to be left alone. Why do we keep inciting them? And same with the Russians. 
just because they took Crimea, just because they took part of Georgia, just because they have their eyes on Ukraine, what's the problem? What do they have hypersonic missiles for? I don't know. Why do they have a base in the North Pole? I don't know. It's us. That's what it is to hear these morons. What does that have to do with us? Everything. What, do you want to go to war? Should we send ground troops and nuclear missiles? Is that the choice, black and white? Oh, nuclear missiles or nothing? That's not the choice. It's never been the choice. Why don't we learn from smart people like Reagan and Casper Weinberger and so forth? Rather than make stupid statements. I mean, there's a, there's a weird synergy between the hard Marxist left and the pacifist uh, America First blamers. On the one hand, they claim to be America First, and then on the other hand, they're not, really, when you think about it. I'm talking about a group of people, not any one individual. But I hear it all the time. Don't you, Mr. Producer? It's really remarkable. There's one other thing I wanted to mention before the end of this show. In Maryland, which is a heavy Democrat state, as you know, the legislature is overwhelmingly Democrat. Um, I mean, big time. They have a Republican governor at least a purportedly Republican governor. But in this instance, he's right. There's one Republican congressional seat held by a conservative. And they have gerrymandered the state so much that that seat is pretty much wiped out. So every single member of the House in Congress would come from the Democrat Party. So the Republicans would have absolutely no representation in the federal Congress. None. Not the senators, not the House members. Hogan had vetoed this map put together by the General Assembly. And they overrode his veto. Now, you don't hear about this much around the country. I know the the Washington Post did a little story and so forth. But you don't hear a lot about this. All you hear about is Republicans trying to deny minorities the right to vote. And Democrats use minorities, as you know. They use minorities for power. That's what they do. So what they really mean is you're denying us more seats in these Republican states. But if we're not careful, you look in these Democrat majority and supermajority states in these legislatures, the Democrats are going to make the ability of the Republican Party to take more seats... Much more difficult. I'm not saying they won't. It's going to be more difficult. I'll give you a perfect example. New York. They're trying to blow out two Republican seats. They lose a seat based on population, so they're trying to blow out Republican seats. Two of them. Maryland, they're trying to blow out one Republican seat. Illinois, they're trying to blow out another Republican seat. And down the line. You could literally have, through gerrymandering, 10 to 12 Republican seats blown out in these Democrat states. And they they say, we oppose gerrymandering. We're opposed. It violates the Voting Rights Act of 1965. Unless, of course, we do the gerrymandering and we throw Republicans out. After all, they're white supremacists. That's pretty much what's going on. 
So Texas is challenged by the Department of Justice as being discriminatory by the, the racist who runs the Civil Rights Division, Clark. And Larry Hogan saying, okay, Department of Justice, why don't you help us? Uh, silence. So it's a power grab in Maryland, as it is in many blue states. Where at the national level, they complain about gerrymandering. And at the state level, nobody's better at it than them. Typically, their judges uphold this stuff, too. Because they want the best of all, all worlds. They want to be able to say that it's the Republicans denying minorities the right to vote. But we have every right to deny Republicans the right to representation. This is very important to understand because we're going to have a blowout. We might. There's a huge population shift away from blue states to red states because people like to be free. Most people like to be free. And you're not free in these dark blue states. A lot of people who live in these dark blue states want to live there because they want the redistribution of wealth. Because certain benefits that the government give are better, whether it's Medicaid under Obamacare, whether it's Minimum wage, but if they're not working, better welfare. I, I don't know. It, it's just that they view freedom as free to work, free not to work, or free to be subsidized. Whereas that's really a perversion of the whole idea of freedom. Completely different mindsets in these states, red versus blue, for the most part. But they pretend that the gerrymandering is right. You know, Obama's oh, gerrymandering. His his uh, right hand guy hold oh, that gerrymandering. We got to end it. Well, how come they don't speak out against it in Maryland or New York? How come they don't speak out against it in Illinois or Michigan? How come? Because they're frauds, phonies, and fools. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Making your weekend even better. This is the best of Mark Levin. The Federalists uh, made an inquiry of this January 6th committee and said, Hey, look, uh, what was done here by Schiff and this committee is not accurate. And so we now have an update to this story, ladies and gentlemen. In a statement provided to the Federalists via email, a Democrat spokesperson for the January 6th committee confessed that the committee doctored the text message. The committee, and the right to say broadly the committee, 
quote, the select committee on Monday created and provided Representative Schiff a graphic to use during the business meeting quoting from a text message from a lawmaker to Mr. Meadows. The spokesperson wrote, the graphic read on January 6, 2021, Vice President Mike Pence, as President of the Senate, should call out all electoral votes that he believes are unconstitutional as no electoral votes at all, unquote. Now, by the way, if he thought votes were unconstitutional, he should do that. I mean, to do otherwise makes no sense. Anyway, let me go on. Quote, in the graphic, the period at the end of that sentence was added inadvertently, the spokesman added. The select committee is responsible for and regrets the error. The select committee. And the Federalist says the January 6th committee spokesman did not explain how one could, quote, inadvertently, unquote, cut a sentence in half and eliminate the final two paragraphs of a detailed legal summary, nor did he explain why Schiff attributed the content of the text to Jim Jordan, a lawmaker, quote, unquote, rather than to Mr. Schmidt, the attorney who wrote it. And so an ethics complaint needs to be filed against Adam Schiff in particular, any staffers who worked on this, as well as the committee generally, because they just confessed. An ethics complaint needs to be filed against Adam Schiff with the Ethics Committee associated with the Supreme Court of California as quickly as possible. We now have a committee, and Schiff in particular, who are doctoring evidence. Just as we have a committee that will not pursue the dereliction of duty, I believe that was the language that was used by Liz Cheney, the dereliction of duty by Nancy Pelosi. Right? So there we have that. And here's what Adam Schiff actually said at the hearing Monday night. Hat tip the Federalist, cut 16, go. I want to display just a few of the message he received from people in Congress. The committee is not naming these lawmakers at this time as our investigation is ongoing. If we could cue the first graphic. This one reads, on January 6, 2021, Vice President Mike Pence, as President of the Senate, should call out all electoral votes that he believes are unconstitutional as no electoral votes at all. You can see why this is so critical to ask Mr. Meadows about. About a lawmaker suggesting that the former vice president simply throw out votes that he unilaterally deems unconstitutional in order to overturn a presidential election and subvert the will of the American people. Mm-hmm. There you go. He lied. He always lies. That's the nature of the beast there, isn't it? Then we have John Carl, who's hawking a book. I think it's called Betrayal or something. I think he sold about 14 copies. Something like that. Um, in any event, um, well, that's interesting. He, uh, listen to what he has to say. This is a so-called reporter. Listen to this. Cut 17. Well, what go. these messages overall tell us, John, is that Mark Meadows was in the middle of it all. The entire effort to use all means necessary to overturn the results of the presidential election. You see how the Democrat Party and the Democrat media work hand in glove? 
You see how they work together? So John Carl takes a doctored graphic on doctored text messages, then uses that to say, you see how Mark Meadows was in the middle of it all? Now, why are you a reporter, clown? Why are you a reporter, John Carl? You're a disgrace. Mark Meadows was in the middle of it all? Was in the middle of all of what? Was in the middle of all of what? He's chief of staff to the President of the United States. People are contacting him based on what happened on January 6th. Was the middle of all of what? What is this committee doing exactly? What is it doing? John Carl, another hanger-on in the, in the uh, Washington, D.C. area, who relies on his social connections, relies on government, relies on all the gossip and everything to put food on his table. He's in the middle of what? Go ahead. Of course, uh, the activity on January 6th, Meadows was one of the very few people that was with Trump during the entire time of the insurrection. It he wasn't was there. an insurrection, you clown. I'll say this to my dying day. I will not accept the way these people propagandize, the way they misuse words. There was no insurrection, you jackass. Go ahead. House there in that little dining room off the Oval Office with Trump shuttling back and forth. Shuttling and that's back and forth with Trump in the little room. Just incredible. This is a reporter. Must have gone to the Barik Ravid, if that is his name, School of Journalism. He must have gone to the Bob Woodward School of Journalism. I did interview Casey. No, you didn't. He was in a coma. Yes, I did. His wife wasn't around, the doctors weren't around, the nurses weren't around. I snuck into the hospital, I sat by his bed, and he spilled his guts to me. Yeah, I'm sure he would have. Casey wouldn't have ever talked to Bob Woodward. Well, the voice is talking to me sounded like Casey. So what are we going to do about this now, ladies and gentlemen? The doctoring of text messages? This is why people do not want to testify in front of this group. They do not have any basic constitutional protections. While they're trying to create the, uh, the, the situation of, uh, of a criminal environment. That's what's going on. Lied to Congress in a deposition. Oh, yes, yeah, the, the text message. And here you have John Carl. John Carl knows absolutely nothing. Nothing. He's not privy to anything. But he knows that Mark Meadows was in the middle of it all, shuffling back and forth from the little room off the dining room. Uh, yeah, yeah. Who told him that? Where did he get that from? Nowhere. Mark Levin. You're listening to the best of Mark Levin. This Democrat party is really unqualified to be a major party in a free nation. It does nothing to defend individual liberty. It does nothing to defend the sovereignty of this nation. Nothing. It has no respect for who came before. It has no respect for the Founding Fathers and our documents. It has no respect for the military or law enforcement. None. And they learn nothing and they drag the rest of us with them. And so they're effectively arming up the Islamo-Nazi regime in Iran with nuclear weapons. They give up our pipelines 
but give Russia its crucial pipeline, which it uses now to threaten Eastern Europe, including Japan, excuse me, including uh, Germany, and will be able to freeze the Ukraine. Why would you hand them a weapon like that? Trump had cut it off. And I could go on and on. And I will. Now, um, James Imhoff, who's been in the Senate qu- quite some time, is the ranking member of the Senate Armed Services Committee. His son was a fighter pilot who died in action. He said, today's briefing about Russia was classified. While I cannot comment on the specifics of what we learned... As I said in my floor speech last month, Russia's built up along Ukraine's border for the third time this year. It's far different than before because it looks like Putin is preparing to actually invade Ukraine. Our intelligence community has publicly warned that Russia could invade Ukraine as early as this winter. But so far, the Biden administration has taken no real action to deter further aggression or support Ukraine's defenses. Instead, on this morning's video call with Putin, President Biden smiled and waved at Putin like he's an old friend but didn't say anything about meaningful consequences for their aggressive behavior. Sanctioning Russia over this reckless behavior is important, but it's not enough. When Putin the opportunist complains about provocation, we need to remember what's actually provoked Putin is to invade and annex Crimea in 2014. It was not what we did, but what we didn't do. Just as I led the charge for sending lethal military assistance for the Ukraine Security Assistance Initiative... I urge President Biden to deliver an additional emergency military aid that will make Putin think twice about invading Ukraine, stop bullying his neighbors, and quit believing he can act without consequences. This should include anti-air, anti-tank, and counter-artillery weapons, as well as cyber capabilities, information operations, and more intelligence sharing with our allies and partners so they can contribute as well. President Biden's about three months too late on sending this aid. We cannot afford to wait any longer. His point is it takes time to mobilize. And then to get this stuff from here to there. While the Russians already have over 100,000 troops on the border. And they're cutting edge newest tanks and other technologies. And of course, a powerful air force. Ukraine doesn't have most of these things. That's what's going on. It's what I told Representative Waltz last evening. You folks were here, most of you. What should we do? I said we should be sending overwhelming amounts of military weaponry to the Ukraine. Now, immediately, airlifting, 24-7. That will do enormous damage to Russia. Well, Mark, 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 now that's exactly what Reagan did to the Russians in Afghanistan. He armed up our allies. That's what he did. He built up the United States military. He built up the, the allies. He made the Russians pay a price. Economically, yes, but militarily. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. The Great One makes your weekend even better. This is the best of Mark Levin. The National Football League. Have you been enjoying uh, professional football, ladies and gentlemen? This is from The Blaze. NFL reportedly funneling cash to defund the police groups through its social justice initiative. 
Now, these stadiums are loaded with cops. Have you noticed? National Football League, through its Inspire Change social justice program, writes Phil Shiver. I mean, what, what has come of this country? Is providing financial support to multiple groups that openly advocate for the defunding or abolition of police, Fox News reported. Following a review of the NFL's Inspire Change program partners, the news outlet reportedly discovered among the 33 groups that receive financial backing from the multi-billion dollar league are three that espouse highly controversial beliefs. The organizations in question are the Vera Institute of Justice, the Oregon Justice Resource Center, and the Community Justice Exchange, all of which openly support anti-law enforcement causes. Vera Institute of Justice President Nicholas Turner wrote in June 2020 that his organization, quote, is committed to dismantling the current culture of policing and working towards solutions that defund police and shift power to communities. In the blog post, Turner celebrated the Minneapolis City Council's attempt to disband the local police department. Of course, in the wake of George Floyd's death, the move was ultimately rejected by the voters in a ballot initiative last month. That's okay. The NFL is helping to fund them. The Oregon Justice Resource Center has also not been shy about its anti-cop and anti-racist motivations. In a tweet last year, the group lamented, The brutality of law enforcement and cruelty of our prisons are connected by the same malignant tumor, white supremacy. We must dismantle and defund it all. NFL is helping to fund that. The Community Justice Exchange states on its website that it is an abolitionist organization that is working towards a world without prisons, policing, prosecution, surveillance, any form of detention or supervision. They all sound like part of this American commie movement, don't they? Fox News noted the group's work includes publishing a roadmap to prison abolition. You favor that, LeBron? How about you, Oprah? I bet Oprah doesn't live a thousand miles from a prison. No, not her. She would never do that. Talk is cheap. On the Inspire Change website, the NFL boasts that its support of the group funds the creation of 75-plus local community-based bail and bond funds, working to end money bail and pretrial detention at the local level and immigration detention at the national level. Why would we work to eliminate that? And if they're going to do that, why don't they look at what's going on in the D.C. correction system? No, 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 no. While it's broadly understood the NFL financially supports a wide range of so-called progressive social justice causes, a.k.a. Marxist causes, the fact that it specifically supports defund the police groups is a new revolution, a revelation, and one that may be troubling for fans of the league. In a statement to Fox News, the league spokes idiot defended its selection of the three groups, as well as its support for their causes. So the league defends this. It said, quote, Our 33 social justice grant partners have been selected based on the critical work that they have done surrounding Inspire Change's four pillars, education, economic advancement, criminal justice reform, and police and community relations to break down barriers to opportunity, end systemic racism, and bridge the gap between members of law enforcement and the communities they serve. We stand by the work our grant partners have done and the lasting positive impact made in our communities across the country. You idiots! You stand by a rise in murder? By slashing police resources? I would love to see these clown NFL teams play without any security, private or cops. 
I'd love to see it. What will they do then? I mean, LeBron can't even stand when a fan is heckling him from the front row. Get rid of that guy. Get rid of that guy there. Oh, I'm sorry. Were you offended? But that's not all. There's more. This from Breitbart, the National Football League, again, published a map on social media Thursday incorrectly depicting the sovereign nation of Taiwan as part of China. The map was meant to illustrate the debut of international marketing areas for different teams. The L.A. Rams were designated to promote their brand in China. As American football is largely unpopular around the world, and appetite for the NFL at home has declined significantly, the league appears to be following the National Basketball League in seeking to profit from business with communist China, despite its extensive record of human rights atrocities, including crimes against athletes. Wow. Social justice reform at home, slavery, and genocide abroad. The National Football League is the National Effed Up League. You want to know the truth? Run by a bunch of frauds, freaks? Yes. And that the league, the head of the league, what's his name? Roger Goodell. Clown makes $40 million a year, $45 million a year. All the health care is paid for. Private jet. But he's down for the revolution. That's sorry ass. He's down for his own job. Down for his another another slip and fall lawyer who found a who found a position. Because the guy in front of him passed away. He was next in line. That jerk. Good job, National Freak League. Good job for you. National effed up league. China okay. And we're going to get rid of Taiwan, too. How? We're going to change the map. Like Hamas and Hezbollah. Israel's not on the Middle East map. Okay. Well, Taiwan's not on the map. They can all go to hell. Seriously. That would be real social justice. That would be equality. These multimillionaires in these sports having to actually work for a living rather than wear uh, pampers and depends and running up and down the court. With their stupid stuff on their sneakers. Or football, where they're all padded up, pounding each other. Do it like the gladiators. You want to be really tough guys? You know, do it like the uh, UFC, MMA. These people are not patriotic. None of them are patriotic. Or they wouldn't be subsidizing and helping China while trashing our own country. Mark Levin. We're giving you nothing but the best, the best of Mark Levin. Isn't it amazing how blatantly and disgustingly hypocritical these people are? They make an enormous amount of money playing sports. And not just on the field. They're treated like royalty. They have the best medical care, the best food. They are adored. I'm quite serious about this. And what disgusting, unconscionable hypocrites. They want to do business in China. They want to benefit from what goes on in China. While trashing our country. And trashing the majority population. 
in our country. The head of the NFL makes a fortune, tens of millions of dollars every year. He fell into that job. Spent his whole life working in the office there at the NFL. From a stupid little nothing lawyer to this stupid little nothing uh, league president. NBA. You see that guy that runs the NBA? What's that guy's name? Silver. That guy looks like he's suffering from a uh, from mal- malnutrition, doesn't he? What's going on there? What's going on with that guy? But the self-righteous, narcissistic self-aggrandizement is disgusting. Trashing the greatest country on the face of the earth. We don't have trouble with people trying to escape. We have trouble with people trying to escape other countries and coming here. Not so in communist China. Why don't they take a tour over there? Why don't they go find out what the Uyghurs are up to and how they're being treated? It's like this clown Omar, this anti-Semite racist. She has the gall to introduce the bill that she introduced. Has she ever condemned what's happening to the Uyghurs? To the Muslims in China? Or to the Muslim women throughout the Middle East? She says nothing. She's a fraud and a phony and a freak. Leftist. Of course, the media don't even care that she married her brother. That's what people say. No, 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 no. What, what, what are you, a white supremacist? That's it. What are you, what are you racist? Oh, excuse me. I, I won't say a word. Nothing. It's unbelievable. These universities and colleges that we pour hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars into, where your kids go broke with student loans, with the tenured Marxists, are pushing their agenda. To overthrow this great country. They like communist China though. Why? Because they're on the take too. Just like athletes and corporations are on the take with communist China. So are colleges and universities. Right here. Beijing exploited the expertise of Chinese students conducting research in the United States to accelerate China's economic and military modernization. This is from FDD. Dozens of U.S. universities maintain ties to Chinese universities that conduct defense research in support of Beijing's military buildup, including work related to the country's nuclear weapons program. You know who reported that? It's going to shock you. NBC News. And they cited a study titled The Middle Kingdom Meets Higher Education, published by the D.C.-based think tank Foundation for the Defense of Democracies. And the primary tool... China's infiltration in U.S. college campuses are these Beijing-funded Confucius institutions. We've talked about that. The report vindicates the position taken by former President Trump's administration, which took measures to weed out these Beijing-controlled institutes from U.S. universities. On August 2020, then-Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, a great man, described the Confucius institutes operating at U.S. campuses as an entry advancing Beijing's global propaganda malign influence. And these institutes were working to recruit spies and collaborators at American universities, Pompeo warned. Yeah, most of them are tenured professors, I'm sure. 
And following the tough stance, the FDT report concludes that these Confucius Institute closures significantly eroded malign Chinese influence on college campuses. But that's not the only mechanism used by China to scout for military technologies on U.S. campuses. U.S. universities often have separate mandatory contractual agreements with the Communist Party-selected Chinese sister universities. Over time, American universities frequently establish separate collaborative agreements with additional universities, including ones supporting Chinese defense establishment. So we have a lack, for the most part, not exclusively, a lack of patriotism in corporate America, a lack of patriotism in entertainment America, and a lack of patriotism in colleges and universities in this country. And you wonder why people burn down our buildings, pull down our monuments. If we were to put Mao monuments all over the country, do you think these same people would be pulling them down? Do you? Of course they wouldn't. It's Mao. Mao. Pretty unbelievable, really, what's going on in the United States. Very unbelievable. Colleges and universities we subsidize. Now, I point out in the book in Chapter 7, there's a number of things we can do. You folks who went to these various colleges and universities, they have these huge endowment funds, particularly the Ivy League schools, the worst of the worst. Well, demand your money back. Start a campaign with others, other alum, to starve them of the money. As I said, use the BDS movement against our enemies. Use the BDS movement against these colleges and universities. Go to the Republican governors and the Republican state legislatures in states like Florida and Texas and Nashville and, so, and Tennessee, rather, and so forth. And insist that they claw back funds from these, these colleges and universities. They're not sacrosanct. Enough with the buildings, enough with the Empire Building and the tennis courts. No. Enough is enough. But you have the ability to launch campaigns against the endowment funds that these universities and colleges have. You have the ability, particularly in Republican and red states, to claw back funding until this is stopped, along with critical race theory and other issues. The Marxist left, the American Marxist, they don't get monopoly control over textbooks, over tenure and professors, over who selects whom, over what's taught. That needs to be challenged. That needs to be confronted. Any college and university that is giving aid and comfort to the enemy, that is an unpatriotic organization that does not deserve your tax dollars, let alone the tuition that many of you pay for your kids. You can find out which colleges and universities these are. It's not hard. Some of the biggest names... And the biggest brands are the worst. Harvard, Yale, Princeton, Columbia, NYU. I say this to NYU. F you. Fatties United. But there are things we can do. There are things you can do. Which is the point of chapter 7. You don't have to tolerate this stuff. Nor should we. We shouldn't tolerate this stuff. And you know, a lot of you don't. A lot of you have had enough with a lot of these states. 
And you can see what's happening in the country. You have a you have a lot of mobility going on. You see the depopulation of these these blue states and the incoming population in these red states. Red states are not losing people. Blue states are. And there's a good reason for it. They suck. <laughs> 